0: Welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Diogène Tirandekoura. On this show, you will discover the realities, the successes and the struggles of business management and information technology consultants in the fast-moving B2B world. So stay tuned if you want to know more about what it takes to have a consulting lifestyle. Today, Most people that want to start a business, they will make sure that they have all the information that they need in order not to make... A big mistake. I'm not saying that they need to have absolute to know absolutely everything, but they need to know uh, a minimum viable amount of uh, of information in order to get started. And uh, the guest that we have uh, that we have today is uh, Jan Cavell. And the particularity with her uh, entrepreneurship story is that she uh, uh, started in with purchasing a brick and mortar company that already has employees, uh, even though she uh, self-confessed that she didn't know too much. Uh, about it and um, as well we are talking about the UK we are talking about a period um, uh, I mean we're not talking about the the current decade we're talking about a few decades ago and uh, being a woman in a in a brick-and-mortar business, uh, in mostly in manufacturing business, uh, was also, uh, came also with his own set of uh, challenges. So there will be, the conversation will uh, turn around her story, turn around the challenges that she had, but also the achievements uh, uh, that she had and her current passion with being an author uh, right now. So uh, I think it's, a, it's an inspiring episode for uh, people that... Uh, may think that they need to know absolutely everything if they want to be uh, successful with uh, entrepreneurship and uh, with sales. So without further ado, let's start with uh, Jan Cavell. Welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast to Jan Cavell. How are you, Jan? I am
1: fine. And thank you very, very much for uh, asking me on. Very excited (laughs) to be here.
0: Yes, I'm also, uh, I'm also excited to, uh, to, to have you. Uh, You have a particular story and uh, you're based in the, uh, in the UK, uh, but I will not say more. I will uh, let you introduce a bit of your story to the, to the audience. Okay. Um,
1: well, I'm, I am indeed based in the UK. I have a, a very long career in running micro businesses and slightly bigger businesses. And um, these days I've turned into um, a business blogger and author with my first book coming out at the beginning of next year. So, so I've always um, been in, around the entrepreneurial field. And, and I love entrepreneurs and find them fascinating And the whole world. It's just um, I'm addicted to entrepreneurship.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's a good addiction. There are worse addictions, I <laughs> think, in life. But um, when you say you have always uh, been into entrepreneurship, does it mean that uh, in your childhood, your, your family, you had entrepreneurs? You, what is
1: that now that's an interesting question. I know oddly enough. I mean, a, well, in, in unless uh, my father was a farmer, and I guess that is running your own business. So mm-hmm. you know, um, so so I've, I'm not ever asked me that. I'm just I'm just digesting it as a question. I apologise, but yeah, no, no I, I suppose running your own farm is running your own business. So it probably did start me off in, in thinking that way. Um, to some extent and that combined with being quite rebellious um, and I think many entrepreneurs find school and authority and um, (laughs) being told what to do and pigeonhole quite tricky Um, and certainly I was one of those so so that sort of started me off on the uh, make my own way thank you very much foot.
0: Ah, okay, okay, okay. I got it. And uh, so you have you have never been a, a, an employee, or you have uh, you have been. Uh, I,
1: I I was was in and out of jobs in my I suppose from about sort of nineteen to twenty one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In Considering Often. how short a yeah. time that was, I had an amazing amount of jobs, um, <laughs> but um, you know they were mainly um, it's sort of sales jobs and. Um, I, I started you know, trying to be a secretary and that just wasn't ever going to happen. Um, <laughs> so I, I went into sales, and which was useful, actually, because, um, you know, I got some training in sales. Um, yes. And that is a very, very useful thing to have. Even if you don't want a sales career, actually understanding a bit about what makes people buy, um, it, you know, and and how to, Sell to people, um, yep. you know, without being too much used car salesman about it. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's 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 a huge asset. Whatever you do, I would recommend that you know you dip into sales for a few weeks at least in mm-hmm. in your early career because I think it stands people really well for future.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I I consider uh, sales like a survival skill. Do
1: you excellent. Uh, yes, I'm totally on the
0: same page. <laughs> yeah, for for me, it's, uh, anyone for anyone, it's important to have some experience there. That's yeah, perfect. Absolutely. Um, okay, so then uh, you have uh, started as a as as an entrepreneur. I uh, did. Yeah, I, I mean, w-
1: I I started because I really just hated having jobs. You know, so I started um working for myself initially um and I did all sorts of things I mean I used the sales skills I had a, a spent time selling wine um nice. and um which was which was challenging it was a commission only job but you know you, we got there and um what else did I do I sold sandwiches around offices I had a cooking business for a while um, sort of catering posh dinner parties, which was a bit of a bluff um, and um, did some picture research for books, finding photographs and illustrations for books um, and, all, you know, just all sorts of things, which, which was, again, was really useful experience it you was know, one advantage of how many jobs I had was mm-hmm. you know I worked in so many fields. M- my first job and perhaps my longest one was for a PR company. I still got booted out in the end, but uh, I clung on for a while. But I mean, that learning about PR, what you know, how jolly useful for somebody to if they're having their own company later on, you know. Yes. Um, it's great. So it's
0: so it is so, uh, so many different different industries that may mm-hmm. not even be may not have been any correlation together, nope. uh, <laughs> were, you, were you mostly working alone, uh, meaning were you being a solopreneur or were you also working in teams?
1: At that stage I was mostly a, solo, a solopreneur, um, mm-hmm. you know, occasionally, oddly enough, the sandwich business with sometimes with somebody else. Um, and um you know but but and and indeed the catering one actually was because briefly because um i started it with somebody who claimed to be a chef and wasn't so i went on my own after that but um but yeah on the whole it was usually just it, you know me on my own working for myself doing doing whatever i could to pay the bills you know because it, okay. it was all about freedom not about money and and no it never crossed my mind to build a business properly at that stage
0: mm-hmm. and um in the past as well there was less document I want to say documentation yeah. or yeah. youtube videos and podcasts about entrepreneurship so uh, how would you were you just learning on the go or you had oh, a mentor absolutely. or yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, you know, that was, um, you know, it it wouldn't have occurred to me. I mean, it came down to sales, you know. So if I wanted to do something, it was, it was sales orientated. If it was selling a sandwich or selling wine, or you know, what can I get hold of that I can sell and make some money out of, you know, which in many ways is the essence of business. You know, it's nice if there's a bit more to it than that, but it, of course, it is for core. Is you're selling something.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Get it? I get it. And um, when did you switch from? I want to say, so I don't. Maybe it's not switching, but uh, evolving to uh, helping other entrepreneurs. Uh, when did the idea came come from?
1: And all Evolving is is a, is a nice way to put it. I mean, I I had a long career after that because um, I I had a business briefly with my husband, and um, then I had my children because I have two children and um, at that point my marriage came to an end um so I was on my own with the children and um, as a single mom they were still very young um and so I had to wake up i was uh, very very broke and I had to switch my whole approach and actually think i not only do I want business because I want to be able to look after them which if I just went out to work i couldn't do i would just be dumping them in daycare somewhere but quite apart from wanting to to be with them i also wanted to build something for a future for them and and i had absolutely no cash so i had to actually i, I knew i had to grow a proper business and and again it was i started off selling you know buying stuff in selling it because i could do it um with a phone literally while well, i looked after the children um you know so it was it was easy to suit that lifestyle but i was selling things to interior designers um for supply chains as such which was a grand phrase which i didn't know wouldn't have known what it meant in those days but i couldn't get you know what i needed to sell very easily was what it came down to um and so i started to slowly making thing, well not making things actually finishing things because i got into furniture and we started to finish it the furniture in a friend's barn um and a bit later from that um i suppose a couple of years later um you know i was toddling along and i was managing to keep a roof over our heads managing to feed the children um, and, it, you know, t- most of all, it was it was happy times, actually, because I was m- able to spend time with the children when they were very young and, you know, do the school runs and all this stuff. And, and I had so much value and, and wonderful times with them um, at that stage. But um, equally, I was buying the furniture from a small local company and um you know which which was fine and i just sort of vaguely assumed things would go on as long as i needed to and i didn't know what future held and i didn't think like that mm-hmm. um but the guy came and knocked on my door on friday afternoon mm-hmm. and um who, who owned oh, this furniture about company.
0: Uh, at that moment sorry about which year we are in at that moment uh. Ooh, good
1: question um Must have been the early 90s by now, I think. Um, Yeah, maybe mid-90s, mid nineties, but somewhere around there. And um, he said, um, you know, I've had enough of this, I'm going to retire. And I said, okay. Um, And he said, yes, I'm going to retire this weekend. This was Friday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I I had such panic because, you know, I had managed to sort out this livelihood um, which, and it wasn't much more than that, but, you know, it was, it was a lifestyle and a livelihood and, you know, it was okay. And my kids were happy and they were fed. Um, and you know, here, here he was saying, right, this ends today. And I was thinking, yeah, I just don't know what to do. Um, so the sort of long and short of it was he had two people making the furniture for, for me that worked for him. And I said, you know, um, can we strike a deal? can I take over your business as such? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it wasn't official. We never had a contract or <laughs>
0: anything like that,
1: you know, because you didn't do things like that in those days, um, you know, or, or even with the, with the people who worked for him, you know, there was no proper transfer in this day. You couldn't legally do it, but um but we did and, and he he left and we agreed, I didn't have any cash to pay him so we agreed I'd pay him a bit here and a bit there over several years but I mean, he wasn't too bothered because he was retiring um, and and that's what happened. So all of a sudden I had this, a couple of people in a tiny bit of a farm um, finishing furniture and then I had a couple more people in another mm-hmm. place who were making furniture um, and <laughs> And wow. while we all got a shock of that, um, I suppose uh, over the sort of following months, it occurred to me that actually this wasn't very sensible way of going about things. What would be sensible would be to form a business with them all in one place. Mm-hmm. Which sounded, you know, a sort an of incredibly frightening concept. I mean, you know, there was ignorant me with no clue how to do this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, um, but you know, it it was just practical. I was struggling by then because my children had gone to school in a different, sort of senior school in a different mm-hmm. direction, so I was always sort of whizzing from one place to another, and it just made sense to put to put the whole thing onto one roof. and you know which meant getting a small factory unit um and by the time you get a factory unit you you actually really have got a business um plus the fact that you know again i didn't know much about moving machinery or anything i thought it would all be very easy and very simple which it wasn't so it cost a fortune um so i went incredibly badly into debt by actually <laughs> moving these two tiny units um into into a proper unit um you know so and,
0: and how was it at, at the time because you, you you mentioned okay i could not you could not buy i want to say cash or uh, yeah. loan to pay uh, to buy the business completely so you were still while you were still paying you had employees and you were moving uh people in the uh, People no. and Equipment into a, a single roof, but uh, were you not afraid? The the first thing that come into my mind is okay. If I if I don't have enough money to pay the business cash, how how can I make sure I can pay the employees? Because if sales uh, got decrease, maybe I cannot pay the people. You were not.
1: I know. Well, as I say, <laughs> I mean it was it was worse than that because there were so many bills with moving. But I I didn't have I have the money to pay the bills literally. Um, and I never told the, I never told the guys who worked for me um, because I was terrified they'd leave, and then I'd be in an even worse state. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was petrified um you know, and and especially petrified for children, and um you know uh, i I eventually I took a, a loan from a very shady company in the back of a newspaper. Uh. something you should never ever ever do <laughs> at the best of times leave alone if you've to run your business yeah. off i mean talk about what what you you know a lesson in what you shouldn't do um but you know it gave me cash to pay um yeah. and and by then i looked at the interest rate which as you can imagine was phenomenal i, mean, I think it was sort of 45 percent mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
1: you know which you shouldn't have ever signed up for um you know and. uh so, so I mean, you know, you wouldn't if you had any sense. You know, I mean, this, this yeah. is a story of how not to, to do it, really. Um, but, you know, again, it came back to my background, you know, and I thought there's only one way I can do this. If I sell more, I can mm-hmm. get out of trouble. Um, yes. yeah. So every drawing breath I had went into selling furniture and I wow. did it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you were the 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 owner and the CEO and the salesperson at the same time on the on, on yeah. the business. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm ju- I'm just wondering because it was as you said it was in the in the 90s. There must not I I am assuming completely, but uh, there must not have been many many women in the in the industry, right, at that moment.
1: No, you're quite right. And and um, sort just briefly on timescale, I remember actually, but it was late, was slightly later than that because we moved into that factory unit um, on right on the December of millennial. So it was it was just mm. the turn of the nineties into into the two thousands. But you're absolutely right. There are, there weren't. I mean, women in manufacturing is not a common occurrence now. Um, you know, mm-hmm. women are very un- 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 resentment represented um and certainly you know in in that town and that background particularly which was a very industrial town um you know it was absolutely unheard of and i i did again i didn't realize it was going to be any issue it never crossed my mind Well, you know, I just thought I am a person who's got this business and, you know, I will try and run it. Um, And it really took me by surprise how much problems there were with it, not just from possible employees, but actually from other business owners, Um, you know, and and from suppliers and all sorts of things. I met a lot of prejudice. Um, You know, we used, you know, um, industrial paints, and I remember ringing, in the early days ringing for some te- technical information from a paint company. Mm-hmm. And the guy didn't know the answer at the other end. And he asked a colleague who started to answer. And then this guy, who I assume thought I couldn't hear, went, oh, don't worry about it. It's only a woman on the phone.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that type, uh, type of remark is like, Wow, um, and, and it, yeah, it reflects, uh, yeah, it can reflect the mentality, and, uh, uh, but for, for you, is, is it, I'm starting to think that maybe sometimes when we overthink starting a, a business, it can be, uh, it can be to the detriment of the spontaneity and just going into the unknown and try things. Well, in hindsight, do you think you, uh, do you think it's good that you started with without all that knowledge? Or you...
1: do, for me, it worked. Um, yeah. You know, I think it was, I mean, I had bad enough imposter syndrome, you know, sort of when I started to get successful, I was fine before then. But, um, you know, when I started to <laughs> sort of win awards and whatnot, you know, I had terrible imposter syndrome, you know. But, um, you know, if if I'd known then how ignorant I was and how crazy what I was doing was, I don't. I mean, you know, you, you, I wouldn't have done it. Who would? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they'd need to lock you up. But um, you know, but it was it was a lot of fun, and I just I had to succeed. It's you know, I'm a great believer in in um, mindset, and mm-hmm. you know, I for, I had to succeed for children. There just wasn't any option in my mind. Yeah, the,
0: uh, yeah, exactly. There was just no alternative. Yeah. So, um, okay. I, f- I think that that's like two two uh two good lessons. Uh, you, when you have no alternative, like having children is one of the one of the situations in which there is no alternative but to succeed. Uh, you will just uh, succeed no matter what. Uh, yeah. And, and also maybe when you, it's good to to prepare and to know a lot, but. When you don't know too much as well, you might <laughs> try things you would not have uh, tried uh, had you known uh, all the risk necessarily. Uh, and and uh, you you mentioned something. Um, and indeed, I wanted to approach this subject. the subject uh, is the the award uh, an award that you uh, that you won. I think it was about the top fifty women in entrepreneurship in UK, something like that.
1: I did. I won a few awards, Uh, curiously enough, one for sales, um, which (laughs) was a sort of Decade of Excellence Awards, which was a national award for Britain, which was lovely. And and which which um,
0: decade it was uh, about? uh, The Decade of Excellence, it was for which?
1: Decade decade of Excellence um, Award from the National Sales Awards in Great Britain, um, which was a huge honour. And um, I won some for entrepreneurship in, from the sort of institute directors and things.
0: Okay, great. And um, did you? Is, is it when you uh, th- that type of recognition? Did you did you apply to uh, to get the award? Because you talk about imposter syndrome, you were not applying. People just uh, selected I- you.
1: I I applied for the first one because I saw it, and and I you know it was in it sort of it's still in fairly early days. We hadn't got because we ended up getting a second factory as we grew, but um, we still were in that first one, and you know I saw it advertised, you know for an award, and I thought oh I'll put in you know put, you know work growing I'll put in a um, application, and you know it was only after I sent it off you know it was uh, that I thought. What on earth are you doing? And, you know, then when when it came to actually being invited to the awards dinner, I mean, I was just appalled because there were all these people there with sort of proper – uh, as I saw it, serious, very serious businesses, you know, from Cambridge, and you know, people with, you know, sort of research fellowships, and <laughs> that was me knowing nothing, having not done much schooling, you know, I and mean, it just seemed really strange, and I was thinking, you know, I should not never have applied for this. How oh, on earth could I? Terrible.
0: But at the end, at the end, you you won it, so uh, I, yeah,
1: uh, I did, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Congratulations. And th- 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 did that li- lead you to uh, to start uh, trying to, um, I don't know what's the right verb, but uh, coaching or mentoring or helping other businesses?
1: I got into, yeah. I mean, from from that slowly, I was um, starting, starting to look around and thinking, well, what can I do to help others? And I got invited to... Um, uh join a, a scheme or, or I was chosen to to join a scheme which was um called it's such a mouthful it was called the see if i get it right even, uh female entrepreneurial ambassador scheme um mm-hmm. uk so it was uh, um fea uk Um, which meant that there were a group of women selected by sort of government departments or whatever, um, and there were 50 of us Mm -hmm. to liaise with other women in sort of similar roles in countries all around Europe. Um, So we went to sort of European Parliament and things um, to chat to them and find out their problems. But also um, we were tasked with encouraging um, people starting starting businesses because at that point in time in the UK, the um, government was very, very pro-small businesses. Um, I, know, I mustn't, get, mustn't get too political here, but I'm it was smart. it was one of their huge. It was after the sort of 2007 and 2008 crash, and it was uh. very much one of their um, sort of fight back. Is it is encourage small businesses to start up, um, which I totally agree with. Um, and and so i was really pleased to be involved with this campaign um and you know i went to schools and colleges and business groups and you know generally started to talk and help hopefully help people with advice and encouragement mm.
0: uh, it's also a good uh, good networking opportunity with other uh, with other entrepreneurs yes you, yes when, while you were networking with other entrepreneurs, well, did you notice that you were facing sometimes some of the same realities in terms of, could be maybe uh, in terms of being underestimated or in terms of uh, growing your business while raising children? These could be realities that more women are uh, experiencing? I don't
1: think, I mean, the era I was living in there, sort of east of England, um, I didn't meet many People in, in manufacturing and certainly women in manufacturing. No, not at that stage at all. I don't I ever have actually. I just, I think there's still, there's still a fairly few of them. But, um, it, really networking with other entrepreneurs big time came a bit later because, because finally, um, with the second factory and one thing and another, um, it seemed like a good idea to keep on growing. Because, wasn't mm-hmm. you know, that um, is still ignorant, um, you know, <laughs> and still thinking, well, you know, it's a good thing if you sell more. Um, except that it did dawn on me that I'd better learn something about business by that time. And so I was very, very lucky to be accepted into a um, club for high-growth entrepreneurs in London. And um, there I met some great people, fascinating people starting from all sorts of walks of life, you know, the sort of um, real extremes of having started with a wheelbarrow in a market, you know, sort of to multi-millionaireship, um, and um, people from more conventional starts. Um, and, you know, the amount you learn, I think, from people like that, I was very small fry, very small in comparison to all of them. Um, and it was, it was a real masterclass, um, you know, to, to socialize with them. And, and as you say, find out, you know, and, and it was a real eye opener for me because they were talking, you know, about, oh yes, well, we went through this and I've seen what you went through it, (laughs) you know? Um, and it was, it was fantastic to, to have that reassurance that it wasn't just me that had these problems.
0: Okay okay amazing and uh um again it's a great thing is to 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 do uh, networking and usually yeah you did it pretty late in your entrepreneurship uh, life but uh, usually people do that uh, pretty early when i when i say usually uh, when i say usually i'm talking about now in 2020 yes. <laughs> just because yes. it's much easier as well to to network um uh, you you own today you still own the furniture business
1: I don't know, no, I mean, once it was an interesting one because once the children got older, you know, I kept on thinking I ought to do this for me Um, and it's a sensible thing to do and it keeps the staff in work and what else would I do? And without that drive for the children, it it just wasn't doing it for me and I became very miserable, very much lost my way and very much burnt out, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and... Looking back, I, the deterioration in me, in, in, in my ability, in my health, um, which took a bashing and a half, which will not go away now, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and all sorts of things was just dreadful because I didn't, it didn't excite me. It didn't have that, you know, I've got to do this wowie, I'm going to get out of bed this morning and I'm going to do this come what may. And without that, you couldn't do it. Um, in the end, should, should is no reason to do anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great, uh, absolutely, great point, great point. And uh, you said also at the start that you were not necessarily motivated by money, more by freedom, and then your, yes. your your children that were younger. And then well, when they get older, maybe the purpose changed. So so today today, what does your uh, business look like, or business or businesses?
1: Um, I. Well, I was once. I, I as I say, I burnt out, and I just sort of struck a deal with a competitor who took the brand name and some of the staff on.
0: Was um, that about uh, uh, ten, 10 years ago, or?
1: Uh, no. This was only about four years. It's four, oh, four years. Four years ago. Four okay, years okay, ago okay recent.
0: Okay.
1: Um. Yeah. And my initial, um, you know, thought I because I was so gone and sort of uh, was <laughs> um, to to just retire and do nothing at all. And then I thought, well you know, that's probably, you know, not enough. I should do something useful. So I, I did a um, coaching certificate, which I, you know, which I think a lot of people choose to. Oh, I've been in entrepreneurship, so I should get a quali- coaching qualification. And, I, you know, that was, still wasn't quite inspiring me. Um, you know, so I did do some, and I enjoyed it when I did it. But but the actual building a business again and marketing and all that, I, I you know, it was I was still too burnt, I think. Um, so, uh, so so so, you know, as I say, I dabbled and did some. But what I had done towards the end of um, running a furniture business was um, go back to writing, which is what I loved to do as a child. And uh Entrepreneur magazine over here took took articles from me on a sort of weekly, bi-weekly business, something called real business um digital publication over here, um, which thrilled me. I mean, that very definitely wasn't for money because it was just contributory. But I was so happy to be doing that. And you know, slowly the penny began to drop as I as I got better from having burnt eye. But, you know, during those last few years, what did it for me was writing. It wasn't running a business. Um, so I thought, okay, you know, this is where I'm at. I can still help people, hopefully. Um, and I can, I can write by doing it and share knowledge. Um, Hence, hence, the book and my website, and which talks about entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs, and everything else. And I, I hope it's of some value and some give back to people in in my situation.
0: Yeah, indeed. So, uh, as you as you mentioned, you have a you you have written a book that will be uh, published in uh, next year, in the course of twenty twenty one.
1: That's right. It's, it's I mean, it's sort of snuck up very fast. It's because they brought a publishing date forward, presumably something to do with the pandemic. I don't know. But it's available now already for pre-order. And um, it will be released in the UK on the 4th of February and shortly afterwards. I'm not quite sure exactly when. I haven't been given the date yet in Australia and uh, the US and Canada, obviously.
0: Yeah, as soon as uh, possible, we, we, we can we can put in the show notes, can put the link to uh, the book to be a uh, pre ordered also uh, we have uh, listeners that can be in the in North America, but they can also be in Europe. So uh, given that there are different release dates,
1: absolutely, uh, can I, would, I uh, can put all the links they can purchase from, or, or maybe just a link to my page and make them choose which one from there. But yes, yeah. no problem at all.
0: Yeah, so that, that's great. So today, today, what it looks more like is writing and contributing. Uh, this is what you, uh, this is what you do at the moment. How, however, on, 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 your website, I can see that you, you can also, uh, provide some tips and advice to, uh, to entrepreneurs.
1: I do. Yeah. I mean, I, lo- I love to do that. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I still do for students actually. I mean, I was, you know, doing a session with a college yesterday afternoon. Um, you know, sort of going back to the UK FEA work um, as such. And you know, I was doing a remote session with some lovely students who were talking about their different businesses, what they hope to have, and it was great. Loved it. Um, you know, so so that sort of thing. Yeah, still very much appeals, and and I'm always happy to to, to share um things that i've learned along the way either from my mistakes or from a wisdom of others or wherever but uh <laughs> it's a fair amount
0: yeah thanks thanks and uh, you're doing it as well right now with uh, uh with, with the audience so uh very grateful for uh very grateful for that uh and uh you as you said you are still connected with the female entrepreneur female no, I, I, I just
1: Okay. No, those schemes like those government ones change on a regular ah, okay. basis. I just meant I was doing the same sort of work The same sort because okay. same
0: because I love to do it. Okay, okay, excellent, excellent. Um, so I think yeah, we have we have covered uh, we have covered quite uh, quite a lot uh, and maybe quite everything. Uh, I would like to ask you as a as a last question, uh, uh, Jan. Is uh, um, because you are in the consulting lifestyle podcast, so uh, for you. Um, what does having a consulting lifestyle uh, uh, mean?
1: Uh, definitely freedom. You'll be surprised to hear. Um, you know, that ability to make a life for yourself, um, to be in control of your own destiny, um, to have work-life balance, um, which is trickier if you grow a business, um, much trickier, Um but, um, you know, it's important to work at it because otherwise you'll end up burnt out like me. Um, so, so but, but freedom, freedom, most of all, definitely. Um, and I think in, in this day and age, I mean, we were talking earlier about the pandemic. Um, you know, I think we're going to see, uh, unfortunately, a lot of unemployment come off the back of the pandemic and it was coming anyway, but, um, but I think, you know, the great, uh, having that ability to turn your hand to things, um, to sell something, whatever, you know, is a great recession proofer and, and people should be really thinking more and more about that right now to, to build that sort of um, extra string to their bow, if you like, or whatever, Um, you know, but that extra, way they can make sure they've got an income of some sort
0: yeah totally uh totally agree and yeah it's true i did not ask a question about the pandemic or how it has affected you but uh, you make a you make a great point uh you make a great point as well yeah sales is really survival and uh yeah recession proof as you said it's a very hmm. good uh, very good point uh thank you very much and and uh, how how can people find you if they want to get in touch with you
1: it, the best way is to go to my website which is www. J-A-N-C-A-V-E-L-L-E. and that's .co.uk
0: .co.uk okay thank you very much uh, jan and a uh, uh, great launch as well for uh, for for the book uh, this is what i wish and thank uh, you. we uh, we talk again soon
1: lovely i shall look forward to it thank you so so much for having me
0: <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome bye bye Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. Leave a review on iTunes if you have enjoyed the episode and subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified to hear other episodes with your host, diogene de Thirande-Courant.